0: The fighting game community has had a few good months now of major online tournaments and things have been interesting so far. Recent drama with Chris G and the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour, as well as a few issues in 2020 Capcom Pro Tour online events juxtapose with the fact that this medium of online play very well may be the way of the future and leaves us asking ourselves whether or not our community is quite ready for online majors right now. Plus, Twitch is changing drastically forever, and we introduce a new segment all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast.
1: Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John catalyst Green and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero.
0: Hello, hello, and I'm ready to dig right into all of this. There's been an interesting turn of events and we're kind of still in the midst of it. I don't want to talk only about this turn of events, but it, the bigger picture that it points to, and that of course is, our online tournaments working for us thus far here in the FGC? The event that I'm talking about, of course, is Chris G seemingly dropping out of the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour after just one instance. We'll cover that in a little bit. Um, and we've been doing online events here in 2020 with the Capcom Pro Tour and a few other entities uh, like the World Tour and such. And there has been some, uh, some good times, some rough patches, but I want to not so much get a definitive answer to this. I don't want to say, well... There's some way of measuring this, and if the number is above this, then it's good, and if it's below this,
1: it's bad. I'm not, I'm not so John, interested if, in if that. John, if we can't have a definitive answer, what the heck's the point then, man? We we gotta come in hot. We gotta come in heavy. We we have to have a complete total. Well, yeah. you can have some conclusive
0: statement that will uh, put you on the hook because the internet never go. forgets. Hmm. But uh, there you go. Yeah, you could you could do that. But I just kind of want to see. All right, has it been working for us? What's where are we headed with this? Do the is the horizon bright? for us are the problems that we're encountering something that we feel like can be fixed can be smoothed over um, or not so there's a lot there there are a lot of ways to tackle this Um, and i just want to get your initial thoughts before we dig into details i'm an
1: online warrior man like i this is the future i know you are that's why i'm asking for the initial thoughts (laughs) Uh, look um i you know that because both you and i played there we played at the last two capcom cup last chance qualifiers right and then uh, yes. we played in the most recent um, uh, CPT, North American West, the one we could play in, right? You know, with uh, California, Arizona, all those other states and whatnot in there. Uh, to me, those those experiences, those three experiences were pretty much all one in the same. I have almost no difference between playing online to offline. The big difference that I actually had there was that I got a lot better you know, in this this last tournament, I actually placed in one of the biggest tournaments of the freaking year. Like, I'm I'm stoked about that. It's great. You know, it's tournaments. Uh, there's so much that goes into that statement, so do bear with me there. But like to me, there was minimal difference uh, of playing in the Capcom Cup last chance qualifier to playing online in the CPT this year. Like, uh, almost nothing. So almost
0: no difference
1: from playing online. I you know,
0: I mean, I've done both. And there have been plenty of online matches that I've played that didn't have the presence of of obvious lag, and so I can see where you're coming from. It still sounds like heresy, sinful, the words that must never be uttered, for you to say it's the same thing to play offline and online. But I can give you that there are some overlap similarities, you know, of significant portions of doing those things. Uh, what? Well, 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 okay. Let's look at this example, though, because um, there are some clear differences between playing offline and online with what happened with Chris G. So really quickly, the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour has kicked off. And I mean, while it does have representation across the entire world in that there are multiple tournaments and pools of players from different regional areas, and you're playing in a round robin of eight other people. So there's the US West and the US East. We got two over in our uh, our neck of the woods but then there's i think there's one for spain there's one for japan there's a few others across the world okay so you got these round robins set up and that kicked off at least for the us west last weekend chris g was one of the people participating in the us west and he played against Reynold. so now everybody before this was all done knew this was going to be online um, i don't know to the extent that bandai namco set up tests and whatnot Um, And I don't know that there's much of a contract saying that, yes, I will do this or I won't do this. Uh, But everyone was aware of the situation and uh, aware of whom they would be playing and and things along those lines much in advance. The actual event kicks off. These two play. And there is obvious lag, like us watching from the the streams and such. We can see slowdowns. We can see, well, I don't know if slowdowns, but we can see drops that just very clearly don't happen especially with these players maybe once in a while but it was happening with the consistency we we're going okay so this probably isn't the best representation of their skill in terms of an offline game and uh at the end of it chris g ended up losing and then took to twitter and essentially said in true chris g fashion sorry this isn't working out for me i just can't do it lol i'm not going to participate anymore in the dragon
1: ball fighters world tour uh, i i I just want to add in one, one little note here, because this is very important to me. He also said in here, I don't play PC Dragon Ball Fighters much, uh, and I don't do lobbies. So this was new to me. That is a verbatim quote there and it's like dude you signed up for the world tour you qualified for this and you're telling me that you didn't practice properly for it you're you're acting like this is a new thing like how how is that your reality i I know you're going somewhere else i I just have to point that out because we're quoting chris g i have to to cite his insanity with this it's like hey you know i didn't know we were going to be playing fighting games i practiced tetris (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> uh maybe maybe accurate but not correct or whatever you like to say there
0: but i see what you're saying and yes there was more that chris could have been doing to prepare himself for this specific scenario which it may not be ideal but you're fully aware of what it could be and you're fully capable you have the autonomy to say yes i'd like to participate in it or no i wouldn't but well, i don't want to get ahead of myself but yeah, and so so I won't get ahead of myself. But that was the general scenario. So now we're in, mind you, it's a round robin. So everyone is set to play everyone eventually throughout this. But now you have Reynold, who's 1-0, and Chris G, who's 0-1. If Chris G drops out, well, then that, everything is skewed because everyone needs to play him in order for things to be fair. If Chris G is replaced, well, then does this newcomer have an 0-1 record where things begin? Does Reynold have to lose his victory and and uh, play it again? Like, there's no way to cut this to make it kind of fair and and, and kosher again if Chris actually drops out. And we saw some responses from, uh, I believe it was, is it Damascus, who works now with Bandai Namco, saying, <laughs> in a pretty professional tone, what the hell, Chris? Mm. <laughs> on Twitter, you know, you knew about this beforehand. So where this kind of takes me is uh, it looks like we need more in the way of something like a contract or something that really makes these players either commit or not commit to doing this once they begin to participate in it, You know, save for if some ridiculous error happens or something that's out of their control. But it didn't go your way, it lagged online. Well, no doy, that's gonna happen. Uh, So you can't just burn the whole thing down because you got lag in a place where you expected to get lag, possibly.
1: You know, that's that's where I'm kind of seeing this right now. Is that how you see I, it? Chris G to me, like it, it's you can't just examine this through the lens of your average player. You have to account for Chris G being Chris G. And, and personal feelings about him aside, whatever, it doesn't matter uh, how you or I feel about him. He has a history here of when things go wrong, just blaming other people. And this isn't the first time I've ever heard this stuff from him, and it doesn't excuse Dragon Ball Fighters having probably the worst net code among AAA games in our community. Maybe- That's part of yeah, this conversation, maybe Smash for Ultimate for sure. is worse, I don't know. But regardless, uh, it's bad, right? I get that. So this becomes a thing where I blame Chris for what uh, I just said, you know, in terms of of him not taking responsibility for it. But I don't blame him for the rest. So there's this very nuanced conversation here while we're having it here. Um, but he does have a reputation he's trying to protect, and if he can pr- cannot perform at a certain clip especially as a pro player i also get him wanting to bow out because the circumstances are too much right so yes. it's i don't entirely just like look at chris and go oh man you know you suck bro it's also like i do understand more of where he's coming from and and sympathize with him more than i think people uh, are doing right now, and they're just heaping all the amounts of blame on him, like, why did you sign up, why did you, like, yes, that's true, but it's also impossible to know the exact circumstances you're going to be playing under, he said he's played right uh, online before, and all that kind of stuff, like, uh, there, there's, there's a lot here.
0: Mm-hmm. And I can say, I haven't had nearly the levels of success uh, that Chris G has, I haven't been on the stages that he has been on, and I haven't won on those stages, and, and experienced what it feels like to have the stakes be that high and for you to have one and so now your reputation to be what it is the expectations but i have seen smaller and similar stages and experiences and i can tell you just even from being in those places I can imagine what the level of emotional frustrated response would be and the anxiety that comes from seeing, okay, well, at the end of the day, your name is Chris G. You're participating in the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour and maybe there's an online in there somewhere, but let's be real this is still a status Mm -hmm. thing this is still like who wins this there's something to it and there might be something of an asterisk but it's that asterisk is eroding as we get farther and farther into this online sort of realm with fighting games And, um, but at the same time, there is this lag and there is this misrepresentation of my skill as a player and that's important for when people see me, when it's on the big stream, I want them to see my best. And if I screw up, that's on me. But if the game is lagging and such, and like that's some murky water, so I get it. I get the emotional reaction. At least I can, I felt it and it's probably even bigger for Chris G. So yes, I understand why, But so, well, that leads us to where we're at. How do we navigate this? How do we, like, where is the issue? Where is the problem that we as the FGC need to dig in here and fix so that this doesn't replicate itself, so this issue doesn't come up? Because we've already seen earlier in the year IDOM, the Capcom Cup champion, quitting out mm-hmm. of, of, you know, a top eight bracket in the CPTO, we heard there was some drama about Punk calling out, uh, what was it, Alex Myers for mm-hmm. mashing and, and uh, trying to inspire lag to, or incite lag to actually happen. Um, and, and those are just like the big wig cases. Who knows how many little individual matches have been disputed and, and how many players have walked away from these events feeling like there's just this sense of injustice and or that the event does not represent what they are looking to find, um, and that's not to say that that we just throw this all out. And don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But we've had these experiences now. How are we gonna make it in 2021 and 2022 where we have online events like this and we don't
1: replicate these issues? So I think you have to look at this from two different perspectives, the players and the developers. And going back to the players now, I just used an example of me, I'm good to go. And there's plenty of people like me who are like online tournaments, You know, whatever. Like latency happens, but you have a million other factors when you're playing at events too. The, the LCQ uh, for Capcom Cup that we played in was horrendous. Like there was no room to move around. Um, you might yeah, get bumped yeah I mean you know? like it was just it was terrible to try to move around in that, that spot and I mean they crammed it all into a single day all this other kind of stuff like it's a marathon session uh, there's all these other factors that I could cite I'm not going to because it's like If you play in offline tournaments in the FGC, you know all this stuff intimately. You're used to it. You don't care. To me, again, it's about the equivalent of playing online. I I don't think there's a huge difference. But you have someone like Justin Wong, who is about as respected and amazing of a player as it comes in the, the community for very good reasons, extremely valid reasons. And he refuses to enter a lot of online tournaments until, quote unquote, he says it's perfected. And I get it. And if if you're not willing to put up with the issues like from a player, it's 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 kind of like you're either in or you're out. And I think that's where most people are taking issue with Chris G. It's like you signed up for this, dude. Like you're either in or you're out on this. And and it really sucks that you're kind of quitting midstream and, and just hanging that on people. Right. That's where I, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with people calling me out for it. Like this is legitimately what you signed up for. This is a possibility. And you just need to deal with it and go for it. And that's legitimately what I think the right thing is for him to do at the same time. It's hard to predict exactly what was going to happen. And I get, you know, him wanting to drop out. This is not a new thing for him. This was happening back in the Marvel 3 days when he was the best player on the planet. Um, And Mm -hmm. there were some circumstances that came up that I'm not going to get into, but very valid ones, just like these are valid, where he felt that he was not going to compete or drop out or do other stuff. And, you know, that's. This is history repeating itself with him. And that is his psyche. That is his approach to stuff. And I'm not going to say it's wrong, but I will say what I would do is I would just try to tough it out to the best of my ability. But I'm not having to dr- deal with Dragon Ball Fighters online. Right. I'm not having to. That's my, right. like. So w- what would you do? Actually, let me turn this back at you. You are now Chris G. You have the reputation. You're, you, you are not far removed from that. Like what what would you do in this scenario? Um, so uh, I wouldn't
0: quit. If I if I said that I would participate in the thing, I wouldn't quit. Now, if I felt this way, and I can understand that I, you know that he does, and I wanted to say something to try to save face on social media, which I don't necessarily recommend. And as I think through this, it probably isn't the best look. I think the best look is to just say it's to not even really bring it up. It's just kind of take your lashings and say it is what it is, and uh, you know I'll prove myself, or I won't, but it is what it is uh, but if you didn't want to do that and you did want to do a little bit of maybe damage control at least to satisfy your feelings in the moment you might take to online and say man uh, i mean i'm still playing in this but it's very frustrating because there was lag and again that's that well you're you're sounding kind of whiny now and and yeah but you might you might highlight that I just hope that people don't see this as the real me of fighting games. There's more to it than this. It is what it is, and and I appreciate the opportunity to participate in it. I'll continue to do it, but I, my heart wants me to say and and put out there again that this is not the same thing as that, and that's significant. Something along those lines. And again, it probably wouldn't come across very well, but at least it wouldn't be him quitting, and he would hate to say something to maybe let you know help him sleep better at night with uh, his image in people's. Uh, social media eyes or something along those lines so maybe that but really I think the best answer is if you're going to agree to play in an online tournament you understand it's an online tournament you understand what could happen and if worst case scenario happens when you participate in the online tournament you agreed to you man up and you Mm -hmm. take it you
1: know because that's what you signed up for I think that bringing it up is very important but not to a heavy degree. And I don't agree with you at all where you just kind of, you know, suck it up and take it. Like these developers and and your fans and other people, they need to know what the circumstances are to some degree. Again, you don't want it to cross over into heavy whining and complaining because that's a bad look for anyone, you know, kind of thing. But you can acknowledge that this stuff was an issue and was a factor in there and then kind of move on from it. And I don't think that that hurts anyone. And it it is literally explaining your reality. is anyone surprised though when you watch back the
0: the the playback and you see the kind of drops you go okay i've seen chris g hit those a million times before he's dropping it here it's clear their connection's a little unstable you know this isn't filtered through what the best connection is when you're searching online with your parameters. This is just,
1: you're playing this other person, wherever they are, and here okay, you go. Okay, let me, you know, they're I have your to region. throw this back at you. Were you surprised when he lost to Senior Taxi in um, uh, Marvel 3 that he went on and started complaining about how bad the PS3, was that shocking to you that that went down and that happened?
0: No, really. I mean, I mean, because well, what do you mean shocking? Like, because it was coming from Chris G. I guess maybe was this was established the at the time. Shocking that the
1: PS3 was it was lagging and there was all sorts of issues and stuff like that that Chris G. Um, felt were happening, and so that he lost yeah, to so a to player.
0: Highlight okay, the actual issue that is slowing things down. Um, If it's not being talked about enough, if it's not being highlighted to the community so that the issue can be addressed, then sure, I think that it's, it's very much needed. And a voice like Chris G's would be a really great insider for some change there. But we're all aware exactly what's going on. I mean, Bandai Namco and and um, um, the the head developer for Dragon Ball Fighters came out recently and said, "We know you want rollback netcode. We just it's it's hard and we can't do it right now, guys. Uh, sorry." Yeah. Uh, so, but but the point is, this issue is there. All of us watching, okay, maybe not the most, you know, entry-level green fighting game community members might not realize it. And there's an argument there to say, well, you want them to know as well. But a lot of us can see it and go, oh, yeah, this is this is an online tournament. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use this as an example of like when we're talking about how good Chris G is. I'm like, yeah, but you lost to Reynald mm-hmm. in the, you know, it's like, yeah, well, that was online and okay. So I don't think in this particular Circumstance that uh that, that that's necessary. I think you want to be more like well, Justin Wong, who tweeted about
1: this and said, "Don't oh, enter oh, hold on, attorneys hold on. until it's perfected." You can't. Yeah, you can't cite Justin Wong because he's not even playing in this stuff. Like he's refusing to play outright. Like I personally rather not play if the net code is bad, and we all know. The okay, but is he's bad, not even participating. He's not even in the discussion. Like like he's not fair to cite because he's not even he's not even playing. You cited Justin. Uh, well, no, Wong no, no. Earlier. But I mean, in the circumstance with Chris G about like not. Complaining and about taking it and just stuff like that. It seems oh, like okay. where you were going with that. Like Justin okay, Wong so is like... he didn't participate yeah. in the event. So,
0: well, well, yeah, as far as highlighting the issue, yeah, you wouldn't, one way or the other, it'd have to be people that actually experience the thing. Mm-hmm. But my point here is that everyone's well aware of the issue gotcha, gotcha. in this mm-hmm. scenario. So so that's kind of moot at this point. Yeah. And Chris G was aware and he still went in and then he was surprised by it to the point that he had to quit. Um. But yeah, Justin uh, Wong and Ricky Ortiz piggybacked off of this yeah. as well. Um, saying that you know it's for me, it's not where I would be okay with participating,
1: yeah. and so I don't. Yeah, and Dragon Ball Fighters is a, a you know, that without the rollback code again, I I really think Grand Blue is a great game, but the lack of the rollback code just completely kills it for me. I would love to be playing that; as my secondary game. I'd be playing it a good amount. Um, I think it's a great game, but just the online code is so bad, um, and so I can't I can't let Dragon Ball Fighters slide with that when when. I know that's a legitimate issue, and yeah, mm-hmm. so I get it. It's, I, I have to go back to this example. Okay, so um, my wife stepped out last night, and I was playing some Street Fighter Five sets online. Nice. And I ran into a player, and that player was you know lagging a bit, and like ran into some issues, and they beat me on some shenanigans. It was you know legit enough. It's it's Street Fighter Five. It's online. It's all that you know. It's it's all good. Um, but did not know the matchup? Yeah. To, to get some <laughs> some relief from that, I yelled out. <laughs> yeah, um, fornication—the uh, other word for that—but I, I yelled it out really loud at the top of my lungs just to get that relief from it. Um, and I didn't see my my poor wife had snuck up like behind me. And I'm like, "Oh no!" I'm oh, sorry. she was there. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize she had come home. And I'm like, "I'm so sorry, honey." Like, I but I just I do that to like you know get the relief from it, right? To you need to when you get that frustrated, you you have to have a release there. And so sure. that's why I look at what Chris G did. Like, I don't agree with everything he said, but also having. Some some relief from that, some catharsis from just that that aggravating experience. Like, I get it. So I don't have an issue with everything he said. I only have an issue with, like, a few things he said, right? Like, I, I get it. It's, it's, yeah. Well, but that kind of policy runs
0: into some issues pretty quickly because what what people initially or immediately go to for relief, especially in times of extreme stress or pressure or frustration, can be extremely inappropriate. Yeah. And although it's understandable, like, yeah, when I <laughs> bump my head, I am for about 10 seconds a completely other person yeah. and yeah. you do not want anything to do with me. But then that emotion subsides, which is yeah. why they tell you to count to 10, right? Yeah. And, and then you don't feel like murdering everyone in the room, which would be completely inappropriate. And if yes. I did that, you wouldn't be sitting here like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like,
1: no, you, you can't murder people time, in the room. Time and place. And I think we're both saying the same thing here. You know, that, that mm-hmm. Chris G probably can and should show more restraint in the future with this kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's a very important distinction to have. And he didn't and has not consistently shown that restraint where he needs to. Um, mm-hmm. But it does seem like even then you're, you're saying like some amount of, of, of this relief and, and saying it online is okay though is that what you're saying or or you think it should be none and just shut it off
0: okay um i think that the the particular circumstances and particular examples are relevant here as to how and if or if and how you would do that okay there is a scenario where that's appropriate and i think what we're talking about here now is we're balancing two uh or, or we're like we're kind of we have two threads going one is We need to make sure that progress is still happening on the developer end so that online events become better and truly do get to the point where everyone feels like you feel about them and we're all good to to tackle them and there's not these issues. At the same time, we want to be able to play and all we have, especially right now in 2020, but then also in terms of having just this massive opportunity, generally speaking, this can be a lot and we want to continue to explore it. So if we go too far in either direction, the fear is, one we won't explore the opportunity that we have if we all mm-hmm. just hunker down or bunker down and say i'm not doing online because this is no nah, no we're going way too in the conservative but if we go too far into the unknown then maybe we become okay with it as it exists mm-hmm. and then people like bandai namco which is a person uh, can (laughs) say something like, well, you know, things are okay now. And we worry that we're not being a squeaky enough of a wheel to get change done. So the FGC, and this is the point of this damn conversation is to find the happy medium between both one foot on one thread, the other foot on the other and making sure that we're exploring the space but not becoming complacent and also not becoming so rigid in our ways that we miss an entire
1: opportunity. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to be you know very clear on this, that all of these games, every single one of the game uh, that we play in the fighting game community could use better netcode. We are so far behind other genres and approaches. It's freaking ridiculous. It's good enough for now. I... I am okay with these games, you know, how they exist right now, given the context of everything. Um, but we damn well need better improvements because Rollback Code existed as far back as 1996 and it's ridiculous that the FGC has not properly embraced this technology almost 25 years later. Some companies have. I think NRS, Microsoft, uh, Capcom, and a few others do it solidly enough, but the advances that we could and should uh, have right now existing at this very moment in time um, because the FGC didn't embrace this crap until way later on down the road, it's it's bad. That part is Mm -hmm. bad and unacceptable, and, and it's man it sucks dealing with this stuff so consistently but again we can also put that on the players and i'll I'll freaking i'll I'll blow you up john you were like i don't care if online code is all that great or not that's a hyperbole you never actually flat out said that but you're like (laughs) offlines where it matters and and i'm 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 blowing that up as an example of the the various things that we've heard over the years from our community we were so focused on offline play and that online didn't matter as you just said um we have not put enough focus on this stuff and so I go back to it, I say, it's good enough for now, it's fine enough for me, like, I'm happy with this experience right now, I definitely want it better, but, yeah, so there's a lot there, and, and, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't have like the
0: particular answer, and it's a, it's sort of an evolving thing, right? And, and evolving in it, and as it manifests to the entire community, but also as it manifests in us individually and where we stand on it. And as you know, you get new experiences, you get more information, and scientifically, you, you know, the, your perspective changes. Hopefully. Um, but I, one thing that I keep going back to as I sit with these and try to dig into my own personal perception of this is uh, and I might have brought this up before but going to Wednesday night fights when I moved out to LA I moved out there for college you know I just had finished college and I wanted to get into the you know the film and acting and directing and writing sort of Hollywood Culture and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the reason I was out there. But as far as my passion goes, man, when I was going out there, I wasn't looking up places to try to find cool internships at or whatever. I was looking up where's Super Arcade, where's Round One. Uh, I, I knew who Sherry Jennings was, so I messaged her on Facebook. I don't know that I had spoken to her outside of maybe seeing her at a major or something like, hey, you know, where does everyone congregate? Where, where's the fighting game community? Like that was my priority. And then on Wednesdays, like I based my life around going to Wednesday night fights i had i worked at red lobster at the time i said hey I, i got stuff going on on wednesday nights i can't work later than you know xyz if i worked on a wednesday morning i would go to super arcade and just hang out there all day cuz it didn't make sense to go back home but that was totally fine like my my world was based around getting to these competitions and when, when the competitions moved to ugc which was a uh, you know maybe an hour and a half away in a totally different direction in la cuz everything's damn spread out there uh, i went there you know and, and i spent the time and we would come back at 2 a.m. or whatever it you know turns into thursday morning fights a lot of times that was the joke point was I based my life around getting to participate in these competitions. Now, Wednesday Night Fights is available to me every Wednesday on my computer here from my office where I do my work anyway, and I participated in it once. I felt like nothing. I felt like this sense of of, I was just so cavalier about it, and uh, most of the time I forget when it's Wednesday and don't sign up. The other times that I haven't forgotten, I've just been like, I... I I don't want to spend my time doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that it's just because it's online. There's a lot of different, like this was seven or eight years ago or so. Then I'm a different me. It's a different game. There's a lot of factors, but one of the factors is definitely online versus offline. And for what it's worth, it's just it doesn't hit me in the same way.
1: Yeah, and, and but also you have to remember you have very viable alternatives. You you play online all the time. We run sets together. You, me, and Dream King. Um, you play ranked all the time. Like you're doing a lot of stuff to level up your Seth. You mm-hmm. don't need Wednesday night fights anymore. You know, kind of thing. There are there are ways that. And it, I'm not saying not to play in that. It's there are. Oh, well, I was playing. I ground.
0: I, I was the number one GoKen in uh, Street Fighter uh, Arcade Edition or 2012. One of those. I don't even remember. Uh, it wasn't the final one. It wasn't ultra. But I I, I grinded online like crazy mm-hmm. in Street Fighter 4 and was aware and and very much was like, it's not the same thing as that. Sometimes I would blame poor performances at Wednesday Night Fights because I'm like, maybe I've been playing online too much yeah. and developing bad habits. But I played plenty of online back then as
1: well. Yeah. it's uh, I'm not... <laughs> But you also like when both things are online, like that difference is and you're not preparing for an offline tournament, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no offline tournaments until probably uh, we'll get into this at another point, but we're probably looking, you know, mid to later 2021 before everything really starts to come back. We might see a few smaller events and stuff like that, but that's kind of what it's looking like. But there's there's a lot of reasons why what you're doing now makes much more sense for you. You know, it's not just online versus offline. There's so many reasons there, and you alluded to that, but... um it's it's we, we have a tendency as human beings to try to simplify things. Like, what's the simple answer here? Sure. And so often, and this is a phrase you and I are using a lot, both things can be true or multiple things can be true. And that is a very important philosophy to have in life because it's so rare where it's just one shining gold object that you find that solves all your problems, right? Unless you're playing Zelda. That sounds like what I'm describing right there. Well, it solves <laughs> it for a little while, and then you, you, then you get another puzzle that throws you for a loop, right? I, mean, I have a theory that the Triforce is a MacGuffin by the way but we'll get into that later but anyway my point is is most things that you you look back on in life that you solved there were multiple things that were really feeding into it and i think that the fgc has gotten too much wrapped up in an offline versus online debate when it's like both things can feed into each other and feed into overall progress and other things and they can be used in the proper ways to get good you know, and that's how we really, as a community, need to view online that it is a great practice ground to, to see so many matchups and so many great things uh, offline is always going to be superior and always preferred but, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, I mean, if we get amazing netcode or whatever sure, but anyway, offline is, is the, where we want to have it, but don't just completely write off online play for stupid reasons, and flat out, completely stupid reasons, a lot of great players have come from online, heavy online backgrounds, there's a lot of really good reasons to play online, uh, and, and that's again, what I think we've just gotten hung up on so much in our community, and so we've dismissed this stuff, and developers have dismissed it as well, and we, we are, we're we're at with online code yeah so
0: let's kind of bring this home Uh, i I mean we've we've already given something of an answer but it's sort of generalized and i want to just sort of solidify it here kind of at the end where are we with it like what needs to change specifically or what would you change
1: okay so the first thing is that if a game ships now without rollback code the community needs to grab torches and pitchforks and uh let these developers just have it upside the head And that is a completely unacceptable thing to have now. Also, what Harada suggested is developers pooling their knowledge with this rollback code and trying to figure out great ways of implementing it uh, kind of across the board. Now, this has happened before with the PC Realm, like going clear back to the id Software Quake days where uh, Carmack, John Carmack had actually uh, released his code publicly for some of the rollback stuff that they did back in 1996 and other versions. Uh, and, and people were able to grab onto that and to use it to level up. So First off just the standard of if you don't have rollback code your game is garbage and it's going nowhere in our community and it's unacceptable to have that. We just had Grand Blue come out and a lot of people were okay with it saying like oh yeah there's no rollback code and they're like yeah it's fine. You know and, and and it's I know it was more of a test case but it was still acceptable. That should be completely unacceptable now for our community going forward. Period in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I said, pulling knowledge. It's what Harada suggested, and it helps everyone out. But I get why developers who have spent decades, or not not decades, but a decade or so, working on this this rollback code and trying to get it you know, perfected and, and down, they don't just want to give that up to someone who has not put in the time and infrastructure to do it. But that is a way of going about it that I think would be the most beneficial for us right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. And I think we've sort of alluded to that before, just seeing you can kind of see that the necessity for that is there as you begin to approach this problem. Um, I want to dig and go even more specific for right now. How do we handle tournaments like this moving forward before we get those updates that we're, we're looking forward to? Should we be having more solid contracts when it, you know so that players have to do this or not or, or is that something necessary because we've had you know a lot of drama, Come out this year. Uh, Idom quitting out in top A, Christy doing this now. And and by the way, it's not official yet. It's what Christy has said on Twitter. But we'll see what actually happens. He's yeah. set again to play this this weekend, and we'll probably have an answer by that time, if not before. Um, so it might be that he just goes back and actually plays it. But this kind of a thing pops up. How do we avoid it in the meantime, where we
1: have the situation that we have? I don't think it's avoidable, personally. I think it's going to continue to come up um, because of the way these games are, and you have a, a bad internet hair day, and your internet connection is on the fritz because of a million different reasons, and it's going to suck for you, you know. And there's no getting around it. No matter how good your netcode is, um, you can have horrendous internet connections, you know, situations, or your internet just drops out, you know, for a couple hours or whatever. We had that happen during the CPT, and players are going to p- different people's houses just to be able to compete, you know, and all that kind of stuff, like. I don't think there's a way of completely avoiding this, um, but a few of the lessons we've learned are, are, you know, having region-locked things that make sense, not having people play that are, like, five countries away or whatever. You know, realizing what the limits and what the kind of, like, Natural state of your game's internet code is, and then really heavily locking down people by that, and just having play in those regions uh, to the best of your ability. I, I think it's just uh, I, the main takeaway I have right now in terms of getting good, like for tomorrow, is just continue to to learn from the mistakes that are being made and do the best you can with those. Um, and again, it, it's stuff like I said, just um, um, not having people play like three or four, or five countries away or something like that. That's just that's ridiculous. Yeah. I do think that it
0: is, like I kind of said, already enough of a thing that the FGC and that's the players and the developers uh, know that progress needs to continue here and that it's lucrative for the developers to do well here and to to perform and to produce products where people can just play seamlessly online. There's a, there's a reason for them to do that. There's an incentive, and I think that's a really good thing. Uh, a lot of that incentive comes just from <laughs> I don't want to get flamed on social media and have people start to put your game in such a negative light. Yeah. Um, but I do think we are on that track, and I'm not... When you were talking about how you were more or less content with the way things are, I don't, I mean, yeah, you didn't use the word content. It Good felt enough. like you were saying content, content. And I'm, that's where I'm worried that we might kind of just isolate or, or or freeze right here and not make progress. But the more I think about it, the more we've highlighted these different components, we're on that track. So I'm not yeah. too worried about it. And so I can agree. I can get on the, the, the bus you're on here, so to speak, and say, Yeah, it seems as though we're on the way. It's not going to be perfect now. We know it's not going to be perfect now. Um, Things like this with Chris G are just going to sort of kind of happen because it's what we have to deal with now. Uh, We'll make the, the best of it. We'll understand that it is what it is, and then... As we move forward, people can do the little things that they know. You know, unplug your router for thirty seconds, and plug it in before you're participating in one of these matches. Make sure that you're playing on the proper hardware because we're finding out, um, we're, we're excavating and finding where there are there are bumps in the road that we can work on from our end as players, and that's great too. Um, and that same kind of stuff is happening over on the other side of the coin, so we're getting there we're getting there and then it's going to be bumpy. We're going to go through turbulence, but Hey, that's, that's the process of
1: exploring new and unexplored territory. So there you go. I love how you say play on the proper uh, hardware, which is code word for don't play on PlayStation ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, Oh, I really hope that's not the case and that they Sony fixes this stuff with the PS five, but man, I'm, terrified but uh (laughs) every every podcast we do we we have to bash sony apparently but uh we'll go ahead and move on here to the next one yeah unless they want to sponsor us that's (laughs) fine
0: (laughs) all right so moving on twitch is going through some changes People tend to, if you've watched streamers on Twitch over the last couple of years, it's been very, very commonplace for people to just plug in their iPhones or I was going to say iPods, but I realized I don't even know if those are a thing anymore. You yeah. <laughs> put on your music, whatever music you're listening to, your top 30 or whatever, and play that in the background while you're you know, doing your thing, while you're streaming and such. And uh, everyone knows... This is technically illegal but it's something that hasn't been really policed all that much. And now it's getting policed. is the DMCA has issued a handful or I'm sorry, we got a handful of DMCA takedown notices where Twitch has apparently received a whole bunch of, uh, of claims where there, people are saying, you can't be using these uh, music tracks on your streams. You need to get all of your people that have been using these. Uh, you need to scrub those, get rid of all of that stuff or uh, some legal action is about to rain down in a thunderous hailstorm. So now uh, you've got hundreds, thousands of, of streamers potentially sitting here with a ton of content where they have music playing on their streams and they're, uh, tw- some of it is twitched going in themselves and getting rid of it others are having to go back and scrub their own stuff and i think they have until like october 23rd to clean things up there's a lot of chaos a lot of change and um we're kind of sitting here like how is this actually going to play out because what was okay not okay but what was sort of allowed without saying anything uh yesterday is now not allowed and there's a lot that has been accumulated in this particular realm so Yeah, we're just facing this huge change and obviously that's going to affect the FGC. We have uh, plenty, our fair share of streamers and such, but I I don't know how this is going to play out. Like, is is legal action actually going to come down and all these people are going to lose their livelihoods? Are they going to have to go back and do this
1: tedious scrubbing process? mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem very realistic. Well, so what we have right now, and Slasher points this out, the guy who broke the report here, um, and, and Slasher does great work with esports news, always has. Um, this is very similar to the same thing that YouTube has had going for years, and the repercussions are extremely high. Now, depending on how Twitch implements this, we could see companies like Capcom, Nintendo, um, Microsoft, and others issuing takedown notices on stream, stream archives and restreams, and it means that the Wild West nature of Twitch is done. Twitch, as you know it, has dramatically changed uh, for for a good number of people. I mean, if you were like super careful and and very smart about how you use it, you know, copyrighted material and all that kind of stuff, um, that's a whole different story here. Like, this is not going to impact you that much. But like, we saw a number of big streamers in our community, people like Level Up, get takedown notices from Capcom and other people. That it got worked out. But for a little while, it was like, oh, hey, guess what? Our channel, our YouTube channel, is done. You know and and we don't know if we're going to be able to get it back and that's our main source of revenue all this other yeah. kind of stuff um and we know from doing this with our own youtube channel in the past that like managing the copyright issues and having to go back and do edits and other stuff is almost a full-time job in of itself and and we're going and talking about you know twitch streams that are like you know three hours or four hours and stuff you might have a 10 or 20 second bit in there uh, of a copyright you know instance that comes up and it's like, okay, now you've got to go find that and you got to go back and edit it. It could be a lot of hardcore needle and haystack scenarios. Uh, YouTube people are used to going back and editing their footage like heavily, that's not a typical practice here on Twitch and so there is so much radical change potentially on the horizon for Twitch that i can see a lot of a lot of negative fallout here not a are p- we about to
0: lose like what 40% and don't quote me on that but just a, a massive amount of what has
1: been on Twitch up until this point I mean, it's just, it's going to be, what we saw from YouTube is that you have the same people doing it. They just have to do it very differently. And you see like on YouTube, it's like, they'll play like three seconds of a song or two seconds or something like that, you know, uh, down with the sickness comes on. Right. Dude, and I'm, that's one of my, w- when we did just really quick in college, we made a couple
0: of videos and we put it down with the sickness in one of the videos for this little action sequence and uh, the experience, like they, they muted our entire video at yes. the time and then only muted like, yeah. But anyways, Exactly that song and the same scenario. I Couldn't let it go without saying it.
1: That's yeah, well, like me, if you've ever edited a video, you've put down with the sickness in there as a track. You have to. It is required by <laughs> YouTube law. Every ed- that's just it's a requirement. But anyway, um, now YouTube in recent times have added the the ability to um, to do copyright flags on. One or multiple parts of a video, instead of flagging the entire thing, that is a huge difference. That's fairly new to the platform, and we don't know if Twitch is going to say, "Hey, guess what? Level up your entire stream archive of you know 13 hours of footage from you know uh, NCR or uh, SCR, I should say, um, you know, from a couple of years ago is toast." you know, kind of thing. It's not monetized. Uh, We removed it all. Uh, Hopefully you've got backups of it. You probably don't. GG's, you know, and that stuff is starting to happen right now, not specifically with level up, but with other content creators. And we're going to see because Twitch is just actively deleting that stuff right now. And and so you're going to see a lot of things kind of disappear. Um, were it there's so much here and so crazy like to call this a pain in the ass for streamers would be putting it extremely lightly this is a massive change to how one of the biggest platforms in the fgc works
0: so now the big question the most important question that comes up and arises from all of this who do we get mad at are we supposed to be mad at twitch for, for not regulating? Are we mad at the people that are, uh, you know, coming in? And, you know, it, this happened a little bit earlier this year in June. And I believe it was the Recording Industry Association of America um, was the one to, to make these claims and put the pressure on Twitch to, uh, to, to take some action here. I don't know that we know who it's, who's doing it now but there's some reason to assume it's probably the RIAA again. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. But anyways, do we get mad at them? Do we get mad at Twitch? Do we get mad at the streamers for technically breaking the law? Uh, like there's there's a lot of ways to sort of look at this Apple before we
1: even begin to peel it. You, you have to blame everyone. It, it's everyone's a fault here, you know, a bit like... It, do you really have to do these kind of copyright strikes on people? Can you have something that's a little bit less intense? You know, like you don't want musicians in the rec- record industry to be looked at like as just villains. And that's what's, you know, kind of coming out uh, at right now. You, you, there is a persona that you manage when you do this stuff. You don't want to, you want to piss everyone off. Right. Uh, then you look at Twitch for not properly warning people, not properly putting this in and like having all these steps kind of like implemented in a proper way. And then you also kind of look at the the streamers and stuff and say, Hey, you had some idea this was coming and you just kind of did it anyway right like it's so i I think everyone's culpable to some degree um and i that's like we just talked about in the last segment it's very rarely where you i mean you can just point at one single thing but it's much more healthy and much better for people in their growth and development to kind of look at all things as best they can dude i you're right but
0: also, uh, more importantly than all that good stuff that you just said, I was thinking about that video that I, where I used "Down with the Sickness," where we used "Down with the Sickness." <laughs> and as I, I realized, that was a video. It was like a little joke video about downloading music illegally and like the like government agents coming after you. The sequence where the government agents show up at your door and like chase you down—that was where "Down with the Sickness" played, and they like, actually end up murdering. It's not a good video. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. But yeah. the whole thing was about this. I just
1: realized <laughs> that just now.
0: <laughs> Isn't um, the
1: irony just stunning? Is it it's interesting? Wonderful. Yeah,
0: it's great. Uh, so when I'm trying to assess this, something that I've often thought about, uh, the driving laws, and I can only speak to uh, the, the culture here in America of what I've experienced, but everyone kind of just understands that when the speed limit's you know, 55, 45, whatever, a lot of people will go around five miles per hour over and uh, you'll zip by cops and they almost always won't pull you over for that. But if you were to get pulled over for doing like, three or four miles per hour over the speed limit how would you feel about that would you feel like a dog who's been told that day one you're not allowed to get on the couch but then every day for 10 years the dog was allowed to get on the couch and nothing was said and then on you know one day later after this 10-year period all of a sudden you're telling the dog you're not allowed on the couch and we're punishing you for every time you've gotten on the couch up until this point If you're just going by the letter of the law, it's sort of cut and dry. It's like you were breaking the rules and you should be punished for it now. But there's that human instance, Mm -hmm. that human element to it that, you know, we're not just Judge Dredd here. So how do you go about, you know, what would you do if you got a ticket for going three miles over the speed limit? Would you fight it? Would you say like, come on, like no one gets tickets for that, man, even though it's technically it's like, how do you? I,
1: I look at this as it's a whole new era of high frustration and difficulties for Twitch people that they've never had to deal with before. And having to go back and massively re-edit videos on YouTube, it's just a very common practice. And and to deal with the copyright strikes, I've alluded to it before, this is what you have to do with YouTube. And it's why people, one of the reasons how come they've disliked that platform and preferred Twitch, right? Mm -hmm. The devil's gonna be in the details here, but since we know this will at least somewhat follow how it works on YouTube, I think we have an idea of what this is going to mean for the future of the platform and people adapted to YouTube They still post their content there They still it's worthwhile to do it for a number of people and it's just it's history repeating itself here And if you don't like it, you can go stream on mixer or whatever, you know Defunct platform there is out there right now and deal with all like the lack of viewership and all this other kind of stuff that those things have Um, There's always a startup platform for streaming for video hosting other things that would love to have people doing great content up there Um, And there's there's great options But this if you want to be on the biggest of platforms, you have to deal with this This is just your reality and it was great that it didn't have to be reality for the longest time But it just is this is part of growing up You know, this is part of you know getting a job and and, you know cutting your hair as you would say or wearing a suit and All this other kind of stuff. Uh, It's what everyone goes through and it's just like yep, it sucks But you know, it's what you do if you want to stay in business You got to get good and uh, and get serious about it. There you go
0: I wonder if anyone's actually gonna make money through this this in particular instance you know because it seems like twitch is going to say all right well we need to change all this and through the uh, uh through some of the rules of the DMCA as long as they're acting rapidly and and you know getting their their users to to abide by these laws now that they've gotten these claims they're kind of not responsible that's kind of like the yeah. one of the main points of that act yeah. Um, so they're probably not going to get pinged and these individual people, I don't know. They're going to get pinged. And it's like, who, where, where does, I imagine a move like this is to make some money Yep. or maybe it's just to not have these songs out there, but man, it's like, it's no, no, no,
1: it it, it makes money. It's what you'll actually look at. If you go and look on YouTube videos and it's a great point you bring up, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering this. If you go and look at like, you know, random Jim's old YouTube channel from 12 years ago, you will actually see copyright information listed on there of down with the sickness. And Mm -hmm. now those, you know, the, those royalties are the the views that the ad revenue and stuff like that actually part of that will go back to the you know record industry and, and you know the other things and it keeps you know let's just say um, you know gigantic video game company a is using you know that stuff during their productions and other things like let you know let's say they're really skirting the, the level or the the rule of the law and all that kind of stuff well now those companies do have some recourse there and it's like hey you guys just can't do this like and they they have it baked into a system where that just kind of goes directly back to them and and it encourages people to actually do proper licensing and other things like that there is money that's going back into you know the artist and uh the you know record industries like you know, pockets with this stuff. It's 100% proven uh, with YouTube and and Twitch will work a very similar way. Um, And and people will will truly have to try to um, follow fair use laws with this stuff. It takes time and it's not gonna be perfect, but overall it does make a big difference from what we've seen with YouTube. Well, I guess it's a good thing that we're ripping
0: the band-aid off now than a year from now or even a day from now, right? So it's just it's that much less that even though there's this mountain of content now to kind of go through and 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 scrub and and change, it's not as much as it would have been and yeah. we can get started on the right track now. So yeah.
1: It sucks, but it's, you know, it's just one of those facts of growing up, as we were saying, and it's like, but but yeah, it's, uh, it helps actually everyone kind of level up in the long run. And then what you do see from this is you, you actually are seeing, you know, big companies now sponsor uh, lesser YouTube channels, like even FGC channels, you know, they'll get in there and like, hey, like we're, you're, you're official. We know you're not breaking every law on the planet. Um, We're actually able to work with you now and do so. So it opens some doors too. like, that's actually the positive part of it is doing things by the book. You start to realize there's value in it. And I love grassroots stuff. Uh, you know, I, uh, Event hubs is a purely a grassroots website. Like we started with no funding, no anything. It's like it was just like literally our love of fighting games and, and doing it. Like that's why we do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a ton of respect for that, especially when it comes to the FJC. But there's also value in doing things by the book. Um, people will come in and want to sponsor you, not Sony because of how we talk about them on the podcast, but everyone else <laughs> <laughs> might have some interest in working with you in the future. So. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's
0: the majority of fighting game stuff that I had on my uh notes list here. But there is one new segment that I want to uh to kick off this week called what do we want to call it? It was uh Raptors Recommendations. Mm-hmm. And uh it was uh just stuff that I've been experiencing lately and recently and that I think that you might
1: think is cool.
0: I'll totally make this look cool.
1: So, I'm going to tell you about it. Let me let me set this up a little bit for our, our listeners. Um john will come and tell us about stuff before it becomes a big thing and he does it so often and it's so often he just nails it i'm like dude this is really cool like i wish i knew about this before like he he breaks so often the next big thing and he just has a really good eye for it so john no pressure you only have to meet everyone's expectations perfectly (laughs) of what i just nailed with that but uh go for it well the next big thing given that we're here in
0: halloween time is the uh, the aliens movies? <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. I never had seen Alien or Aliens, and any of them actually. I've seen some of the more modern Aliens versus Predators CGI crazy bonanzas that were okay, I guess. But I had never watched the originals, and we're getting here into spooky Halloween time. So, and and we got HBO Max now, and and uh, all of the older Alien movies are on HBO Max. So, Brittany and I found ourselves watching Alien, not maybe uh, two weeks ago, and then the sequel, Aliens, a week later. And I gotta say, without falling into film review territory, which this very easily could happen, and then we'd sit here for another hour talking about these movies, I just wanted to kinda champion them and, and give a few pointers as to why I really appreciated them as, uh, as classics. Maybe encourage those of you that haven't seen them, or haven't seen them in a while, to visit or revisit them, because they're really worthwhile, and now's the time with the, the kinda atmosphere going on. So, uh, first and foremost, they're very similar in that they take place in space, in this sort of isolated space sort of station or ship scenario. Um, and then there's monster, a monster or monsters, depending on which film you're watching. And you have your main heroine protagonist that has to deal with the issues, right? But outside of that, they're insanely different movies in some pretty significant ways. And, uh, and in both ways, they're still really fun. You know, a lot of times... A a sequel will be terrible because an initial movie will be motivated by passion and creation in the arts, and then the sequel will be motivated by the success of the first, and it will just be this hollow sort of recreation. But this is completely different. The first one, directed by Ridley Scott. The second one's directed by James Cameron. It's like, fr- what? First of all, those are heavyweight directors like crazy, and they're very, very different styles.
1: I, I have to ask you, John. Like, uh, okay, let's say I, I'm much younger than I actually am. And I'm like, these are old movies, dude. Why would I go back and watch these these freaking old movies from like the dinosaur ages?
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. The dinosaur ages. Uh, well, because... You know, in the 90s, you saw so many of these movies where you have this like team of Marines, remember, going in and fighting some kind of a monster and getting picked off one by one, right? Or this survival, like we're we're trapped in this place and there's this monster coming around again, picking us off one by one. And that formula has been recreated a billion times. I don't know that alien and aliens were the first to do these sorts of things, but they certainly were among the first to do them at this level and inspire Mm. so Mm. many other. like it's inspiring an entire genre and approach to making movies. It was just done so damn well. It captures some of the coolest, most fundamental elements about, you know, the the story of of like the hero's journey. Right. And uh, is it I always for whatever reason, I always swap Sigourney Weaver and Susan Sarandon. They're the same uh, (laughs) actress in my mind for whatever reason. (laughs) Uh, But it's Sigourney Weaver, right? It's aliens and everything. And uh, it's like the first ones about her being um, stuck with uh, all of these men. It's like her and a bunch of men on this crew and um, a lot of the symbolism that comes out from the aliens is very masculine and, uh, and phallic and whatnot in some of the ways they kill people and like the chest is like a, like a snake thing that you know what else a snake is shaped like. And then in the second one, the whole theme of everything, when it comes to the aliens and their their metaphorical significance, becomes very feminine. It's all about the queen and and the way she uh, like it's apparently asexually reproduces and and these two mothers and the queen versus uh, Sigourney Weaver's character duking it out and these face huggers, which uh, they look like something very specific, especially when viewed from underneath. <laughs> uh, so the themes and whatnot are just uh, they're very well put out there and they strike. The these chords, the, the hero within all of us, the person that we want to be is Sigourney Weaver's character in these as she's put against all of these other characters that absolutely fail. When the chips are on the table, when the aliens are going crazy and murdering half of your crew and you need to take action, she's the one that rises up and figures out what to do and act in the moment. She's the one that makes the moral correct decisions as she's the one that you can really get behind this character and appreciate her and root for especially amid these other characters that you can't do and that probably represent some things about you that you don't like it's a very brilliantly put together uh, look at like the hero's journey it's just so well executed from the sound design to the visuals none of this cgi crap it's all these practical effects and you go wow how did they do that making an actual alien suit and making me actually feel somewhat afraid of it even though i know it's either some <laughs> dude in a suit or there's like this giant mechanical arm behind it that they have to only frame it this way so i can't see that both films are different but they're both very much an experience worth having. And they will put into perspective for you a lot of other films that you've seen that are trying to imitate them and, and and are oftentimes hollow imitations but it's halloween time it's available on hbo max and you could probably find it at uh you know your local blockbuster if you can't find it on streaming services you could probably find it on twitch if like for another hour or something <laughs> like that <laughs> very worthwhile go check out the alien films and uh yeah so that's my
1: my very very first raptors recommendation nice all right y'all that's gonna wrap us up for this week of the Event Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon.